Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. You know, when your leaders say that, then you know that you know that they're not, not hyping you up. You know that that is true. So, how many have been really touched by this series on grace? Come on, how many have been transformed? I've been getting transformed. I've never done a series on grace. And guess what? It's already confirmed by mid-October, for the first time ever, we are going to do a series on financial, uh, uh, kingdom finances here in this, in the, at RCC. And I believe this is it's time that we balance as a church having revival and having Holy Ghost time with also being good stewards. Come on, somebody. Someone, someone, someone thinks that all they could do is shout and speak in tongues and God is going to take care of them financially. No, it's not going to happen. You have to be a good steward. And we're, and we're going we're gonna to fly in some people from uh, around the country to help with this series. So it's going to be good. And let me tell you, young people, it's not just for old people. Finances is for you too. You need to know how to do it now. Listen, if you don't tithe now, you won't tithe later. Pastor Benny Hinn used to say, if he don't treat you right before, he won't treat you right after. If he don't pray with you before you get married, he won't pray with you after. So I would, <laughs> that was a bad imitation of Pastor Benny, but it's okay. <laughs> but what I will say this is that God is doing something really powerful. And so today I'm going to end my series on, on grace. It's been... <laughs> Brady said you have to do a part two because it's been so good. And that really encourages me. Let's pray because I, I really feel today is going to be really encouraging to you. Father, we ask Holy Spirit to come. Come on, just ask him. Come, Lord. We, we, we ask the windows of heaven to open right now. Speak to me, Lord. Come on, that's right. Be selfish for a second. Speak to me. I need to hear the word. Your word is living. It's alive. It's alive. And it cuts like a two-edged sword. So I pray that you speak today on grace. Open my eyes. Just say that with me. Open my eyes of my understanding to hear your word and apply it to my life and set me free in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Uh, before I have you turn to the scriptures, I want to give a, a quick recap. And it's not going to be a, a long recap. It's just going to be from last week. By the way, it was so good to be with uh, Darlene and Micah yesterday. We love you. They celebrated 31 years of marriage. And I won't say the age, but she turned, uh, she had a birthday. Come on, somebody. Right? I, got, I don't want to be in trouble with them. And by the way, Michael, you look good today. You got that suit going on. He's like, he's walking like, hey, you know. <laughs> and I want to thank, I want to thank um, the Ruth family uh, so t- to help with uh, the, uh, did I say that right? Did I say that right? Brooke, Brooke. Did I say it right for the connect groups? Brooks, Brooks. I said Ruth. Did I, did I, Ruby, okay, Ruby Brooks, okay, I was close. Thank you for the Brooke family. Yeah, he's looking at me like, who's that? I don't know who's that. Well, last week, uh, I'm only going to do last, we, we talked a lot about grace, so if you, if you missed it, honestly, go back to the podcast. There are some foundational truth that I just don't have time to go over, all right? But part four uh, about grace, many aspects of grace, we learned that grace is a righteousness. So we talked about the righteousness of grace. How many were here last week? The righteousness of grace is based on our legal position before God. Now, hear me now, church. Hear me now. One of the things we said that was life-changing about the righteousness of grace, in other words, grace by definition is giving us something we don't deserve. Say that with me. Grace is giving me something I don't deserve. 
Okay, so by definition, when we receive something that we don't deserve, especially from God, that's grace. It may not be labeled as grace in your Bible, but it's defined as grace. And listen, we learned that the righteousness of grace says this. We are not righteous because we do righteous deeds. We do righteous deeds because we're righteous. Listen, we don't get good to get God. We get God to get good. Come on, say amen. It's not, this, this is how it works. This is how it works. So the righteousness of God says this. The righteousness of grace says that we are righteous not because we do righteous deeds. We do righteous deeds because we're righteous. Right? And so we talked about mercy and grace being powerful missiles. And then last week we also talked about, I gave a quote at one point, uh, and then I'm going to go to today, this last one, about one of the things that Mike Bickle said, that I, and I had it on a TV screen. He said about the grace of God, if we feel we are dirty, we're going to live dirty. Please get this, church, as, as I'm about to intro this last one. If you, have, if you have asked God for forgiveness, if you've asked God to forgive you and you still feel dirty, you will probably live dirty. But if you, if you receive God's forgiveness, listen, and you feel clean and you believe that you're clean, you will live clean. So the way that you think about God's grace, it defines how you see God. Your interpretation of grace defines how you see people. Your interpretation of grace defines how you see others and yourself. Can I hear an amen? I want you to put the first slide there, uh, up there, because we're going to go right into it. There's three essential purposes. You're going to shout with me in this one. That God's grace is released to us and for us. Say that with me. There are three essential purposes. Come on, say that with me. That God's grace is released to me and for me. Now, I'll be, I'm going to say number one. We're going to have three main, main ones, right? Because I was praying. I said, Lord, what, what else is there? I felt a tug to, to continue one more week. And I felt the Lord say this. Number one. Here's how, the, the, number one, one of the ways that God's grace is released to us. Hear, hear me now. It's released, God's grace is released to complete an assignment or a calling from God. Listen to this. To complete, to start and complete an assignment or a calling that God has given you. God's grace is released to people to finish what he started. God's grace is released to you to finish something that God has called you to do. Let me give you an example. There are some pe- the grace is given to people to write a book. There's a grace on that person to write. I write every sermon, like six or seven page. I don't have the grace for that. I do it because I have to. There's some people that write naturally. They just write. They love writing. Guess what? There's an enabling power that gives you that ability to do it so freely. It's not only just a gift. It's a grace. There's a grace given to authors. There's a grace given to worship leaders. I love worshiping, but I don't have the grace to be a worship leader. And Joanne said, amen. amen. And it's not only because I can't sing good. I don't have the grace to lead a team as a worship leader. Now watch this. You business people, this is powerful. There is a grace given to business owners, to business people, that only you could do it, but that grace is given to you, and that grace is an empowerment for you to complete that task. I have good news for you. 
the thing that God started in you, he's going to complete it with your cooperation. That's grace. There's a grace. I'm going to give you scripture. You're going to shout. There's a grace to be given to people when God gives you something he gives you the grace to finish it. Do you know how many times I've wanted to give up and pass the torch to someone because of my pain? Grace says, no, you're going to finish this assignment. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to stop in the middle. You're going to push through it. I see Johnny and others. She's a business owner. There's a grace. I can't. Look, I've, I've, I've talked to business people all over the, the, the nation. Some of them are my good friends. They're millionaires. Guess what? They said, we need you in, your, in our life. Don't try to be like us. We need you. We need a pastor. We need someone that's pure-hearted like you that does not go after the money. We need a pastor in our life. Guess what? I said, I can't do what you do. And they're like working 15 hours. They're constructing. I don't know anything about construction. I told you before, for those of you who ever knew, I'm not the handiest person. I'm the one who's holding the ladder for my wife. <laughs> my wife is on the ladder. You could ask Jonathan Jaden. I'd be like, okay. She's like, give me that, that, uh, that hammer. Yes, babe, what else do you need? My point is, everyone has a grace. Listen, I have a grace to be a pastor. Some, some people say, I don't know how you could deal with all these people's attitudes. I said, it's grace. I have the, I have, seriously, I have the grace given to me by God to start and finish an assignment as a pastor. My wife, as a children's director, I'm like, how do you do it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy just there five minutes. So I'm like, oh, look, it's mine, it's mine, mine. And my, my wife always, now calm down, guys. Everything's going to be okay. Now what we're going to do, hey, 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 now, hey, hey, hey. I would be like, hey. <laughs> I would have because I don't have grace for that. If we just stay in the lane where we're graced in, God can do a lot of things through us. Now watch this, watch this. Everybody say, God gives grace specifically for my assignment to be started and to be finished. Okay, okay, now, now we're going we're to have fun for a second now. Okay, we're going to have fun. So Joshua, Joshua, everybody say Joshua. Now, we know him as conquering all these lands, but there was one specific story that came to mind. When I'm, it was like, it went poop, it was like in my spirit. And he had an assignment from God, many assignments, but he had one specific assignment during a certain time of his life. Watch this now. You business people, you have an assignment for business. You pastors, you leaders, you have an assignment for that. You singers, you have an assignment for what you do, but God, God's grace will help you finish it. There's a releasing, enabling power that is invisible, but it will carry you through. Joshua had an assignment to defend the Gibeonites who were allies of Israel. If you remember the Gibeonites, it kind of almost tricked Joshua, but Joshua was like a man of his word, and so he had to be able to be with the Gibeonites. Now watch this. Now watch, guys, watch. And so the Gibeonites now were attacking Sorry, the, uh, these five evil kings, and, and you can look it up in, in, in Joshua, they were plotted to come against a weaker na uh, a nation in the Gibeonites, all right, and then at the same time try to attack Israel, right? So the assignment from God, here's a grace, for Joshua to defeat the enemy, that was his assignment. You have to plunder them, and he went to God, and he prayed, and God says, I'm going to help you. Watch this. As he's defeating the enemy, 
he came up a little short in the day because the sun was going down. And the moon was going down. And the Bible says that the enemy was starting to, to flee. In other words, he was not finishing what he was able to start. Right? And then Joshua prayed the most bold prayer I've ever seen in the Bible. And then God answered the most audacious prayer ever been in the Bible. He said, God, I'm just paraphrasing, there's an assignment that I have not finished yet. And I have not finished totally annihilating the enemy like you wanted me to. Stop the sun. Hold it still, watch this, and help me so I can finish what you started in me. (laughs) And God goes, okay. I will stop the sun and I'll stop the moon so that there could be enough daylight for you to destroy the enemy. Look at this, look at this. There's grace given for an assignment. Do you have a book that has been delayed? Hint, hint, that's me. Even though I'm not a writer, the day that I decide to write that book, which is already written, the day I decide to complete it, God's grace is going to help me finish it. And it's my fault that it's been delayed. Some of you have books in you. I feel that from the Holy Ghost. Some of you have books in you. Don't rely on your own strength. Grace is going, there's going to be a grace given to you if, you if God gave you that desire. Look at Joshua chapter 10. Oh, I'm preaching myself happy. Look at this. Look at verse 7, guys. This is going to be great. You're going to shout with me because you're going to realize that God gives you, each and every one of you grace for the position that you're in to complete it. All right, look, look at this. Joshua, verse, verse in the NLT, verse 7 through 9. Read with me. Joshua chapter 10. Flip your Bibles. Come on, we'll hear those flipping pages. Chapter 10, verse 7. So Joshua and his entire army, look at this, including his best warriors, left Gilgal. And they set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be will able to stand uh, up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. On the day the Lord gave um, the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed. See, here's where grace comes in. A lot of times we think that grace comes only by when the Bible says grace. I want to give you a clue. Whenever you ask God for help and he helps you, that's a grace enablement for that situation. Why? Because grace is an enabling power. We learn that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Hello? So when you pray, God releases grace. I said, when you pray, God releases grace. It's extra strength. Now watch this. Watch this. So he prayed. Everybody say he prayed. To the Lord in front of all the people. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon. Watch this. And the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed. Tell me that's not grace. Tell me, tell me that's, he couldn't do that on his own. God saw his heart to complete a God-given task, and he saw his audacious faith. And I could, I, I, this is just me. I'm not, you know, this is not theology. This is not like doctrine, what I mean. But I can imagine the father going, did you see what my son just asked for? He's radical. And all the angels are like, I don't know, that's never happened before. The sun has to keep going. This time has to keep going. That's never happened. Watch this. So the sun stood still and the mood stayed in place until, everybody say until. See, that's the completion part. The nation of Israel had defeated the enemies. 
you're not shouting with me. Until, until, right? That's the grace. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky. And it did not set on a normal day. Watch this. There has never been a day like this. One before or since. When the Lord answered a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Surely the Lord fought for you that day. You have to fill in the blank. Whenever you've come out of something and you're like scathing and you're barely breathing, but you're still alive, the Lord brought you through that thing. The Lord brought you through that divorce. The Lord brought you through that childhood experience. The Lord brought you through that financial disaster. You're still here praising God. Somehow the Lord brought you through. Some people think God bringing us through is coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence when it's the timing of the Lord to, to rescue you. I've heard of a story one time that there was a, a true story where there was a guy who was about to kill himself, and he was a Christian, and he told God, God, if you're real, I just had it, and he was about to pull his, the trigger, and the thing locked, the, 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 the trigger locked, and he tried it again, and it locked itself, and there were bullets inside. And then this is a true story. About a second later, a phone call came in into the, into the, uh, the phone and said, I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. Didn't see him say hello. Didn't say hi. How you doing? The phone rang. The Lord told someone to call this person because he was about to kill himself. That's grace. While he tried and it didn't work, a second later, I take authority over that spirit. Grace to finish what he started in you. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare stop. Don't you dare. If God has given you something, invite the help of the Lord to get you through. Invite the grace of God. If God in the Old Testament could stop the sun and the moon to complete an assignment, God can give you the strength to get behind a computer and start writing. God could give you the strength to get behind a stage and you're timid and do it. God could give you the boldness like Gabby who before was not even someone that would dare do that to get up here and with confidence speak to you. It's the grace of God. That's an empowerment of God. Come on, say amen. That's an empowerment. I said it's an empowerment. And by the way, here's a little clue. You don't have to have it all together for God's grace to work. When Joanne, when Joanne, I'm not saying you didn't have it all together, but when Joanne, when Joanne came to, our, uh, to me as a worship leader, guess what? How many love Joanne and the worship team? She never was a worship leader in any other church. She was a worship leader from, from a local standpoint in the house of prayer, but she never did, right? And maybe there was some intimidation there. Oh, my gosh, you know, here's an assignment that I have to do and I'm burning to do. Guess what? Watch this. This is Revelation. The grace sometimes won't kick in until you get into that position. If you only are scared and never step forward, the grace can't help you. But when you say, I know I'm called to do this, I'm like, okay, I accept this position. Here comes grace. Inside of you, and in the form of ideas, in the form of wisdom, in the form of people. And in the last, in the last year and a half, we've had such an incredible time, and our team is growing. Come on, the grace of God. I said, it's the grace of God. 
And she's awesome, and she's wonderful. She's amazing. And the grace of God, say the grace of God on my life, say that with boldness, helps me to start something and finish something that God gave me. Whether it's an assignment or it's a calling, here's the, pro, here's the revelation of grace. You will burn out if you try to do it on your own. Invite the grace of God. He'll teach you. Someone told, I tell you guys all the time, but there's a lot of new people. There was people when we first got this building, all these pastors were contacting me. And one of them said, can we go out to lunch? I want to pick your brain because it seems you have a good church planting skills. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell him. What do I do to get a building like that? I said, stay humble and have quick obedience. <laughs> That's my church planting uh, uh, goal. What? But what were the steps? Stay humble, be obedient, and when he speaks, do it. And I listen, I just instinctively started knowing what to do. I know that sounds like magic. I promise it's not. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize anything. I didn't have a book to tell me this is six months what to do before your church. I promised before God. I just knew what to do. I just had this enabling ability. Okay, I need to gather leaders. I need to have clear vision of what I'm going to do. Do you know that, that when we first started the church, what you're seeing now in Journey was in my heart? Way before the church started. I met in a Panera Bread before the church started with a couple of people. I said, we, our church is going to be a church of community and a church of inner healing. Those are the, the two main things. And you fast forward five and a half years from now, and we're, we're very strong in community and very strong in inner healing. That's grace to help us get that through. You know, watch this. You know what another example of God releasing grace to fulfill an assignment? I see it all over the Bible, but specifically in Nehemiah. Everybody say Nehemiah. Now, I want you to see this because I'm going to turn to the scripture in a second because you guys need to hear this. I really feel in my heart while I was driving, some of you are about to give up an assignment from God because it's difficult. Or you don't know what to do. I think it's safe to say I didn't know what I was doing. Joanne didn't know what I was do- we were doing. We just said we want to be obedient to the Lord, PK and all. We, we, we didn't know. But all of a sudden, five and a half years later, we have a prophecy team. We have a school. We have connect groups. We have Bible study. We have a thriving church. With co- Not to boast. This is all God's grace and enabling. If you just step forward, God will send you the grace to finish it. Nehemiah had an assignment. Everybody say an assignment. He had an assignment to rebuild the wall. I want to hear this. Hear this because I felt life on this when I was studying. Rebuild the wall. Some, some of you have an assignment to rebuild things, to restore things, right? To restore people, to restore relationships. And that's a tough call because it requires you to navigate through a lot of negative emotions and people and attitudes. But you have a call to restore things. And so he had a call and an assignment to restore the, the wall of Jerusalem that was entirely destroyed by the Babylonians. When they came and, and got uh, territory in Jerusalem for that bondage for 70 years. So he had an assignment from, from God. Him and, and a couple of others said, you need to go and build specifically the wall. And guess what happens? now? This, please hear me now. I'm about to say something that sounds preachy, but it's so true. The moment... You say yes to the assignment, the enemy will start opening up his mouth. He was fine as a cupbearer. He could have just said, oh, God, send help over there. I'm fine over here. Everyone else is struggling. I'm the cupbearer of the king, of the wicked king. But you know what? I'm eating good. 
My family is taken care of. I'll just pray for them in a distance. He had a burden to repair that thing, and, and God released him. Now watch this, guys. Watch this now. As soon as he started rebuilding it, I'm, I'm skipping a lot. He, he gathered people. He wrote letters. It was a lot of work. I'm going to tell you that the help of God was there specifically in Scripture that he couldn't do it without the Lord. He couldn't complete an assignment or a business, let's just say, or a pastorate or a worship leader or an album you fill in the blank, a book. He couldn't complete it without the grace of God. And there's Sambalot and Tobiah, the chief enemies of Israel and Nehemiah. And you know what they started doing? Watch this. They started delaying and attacking the work of the Lord. How? How? By intimidating words. If a fox goes up this wall, it will, look, who do you guys think, what are you guys doing? What do you got? We're rebuilding the wall. Hey, guys, look. And they were intimidating, and they were threatening to kill them. Now watch. This is powerful. Are you getting something? Look at Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to go through 9, and then we're going to actually skip the rest of the verses that I gave you. We're going to go to chapter 6. But look at the progression, okay? Are you with me? Look at this. This is, this is key for you to finish what you start. I believe some of you today, you're going to re-invite the grace of God to keep you to complete what you've started. Look at, look at, look at Nehemiah chapter 4. You know what? I feel this from the Lord. Some of you, God is reminding you what you started because you forgot. I just felt that from the Lord. Some of you, during the preaching of the word, there were some things that you started and you left, but it was God. I said it was God. You need to hear that. At, at the, watch this. Look at verse 6. Woo. At last the wall was completed to half its height. Do you, see, do you see it's not completed yet? It's not completed yet. They were working hard, working hard. And I'm going to share with you the measurements in just a second so you know how miraculous this work was. Okay? By the way, pause. Have you ever, have you ever um, gone through something so... Uh, almost impossible, or finish something, a season so impossible that you finally said, and you look back, you're like, how in the world did I get through that? Right? And you realize that it wasn't anything hardly that you just did in and of yourself without inviting the help of God. So watch this. At last, the wall was completed to half its height. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. Get your Bibles and read with me. Around the entire city. Watch this. For the people had worked with enthusiasm. Oh, that, that's another sermon right there. The people, the congregation worked with enthusiasm. Help us, Lord. But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the enemy, watch this prophetically, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard, watch this, that the work was going ahead. The book was going ahead. Come on. The business was going ahead that you had on pause. That, that, that assignment in your church as a volunteer that you're scared of and you said yes to, and you, yes to, when the enemy heard the work was going to start and that the, watch this, the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, the enemy was furious. You're not getting this. I'm going to run around the church for you. You should be excited for this because if you're feeling the rage of Satan is because there's something that he's trying to stop you from doing. You feel in the rage of Satan? He's trying to stop you. He's a, he's a prophetic word. Satan is trying to stop you from fulfilling the assignment God has placed in your life by being furious at you. 
They all made plans. Watch this. The typical Christian, the typical Christian, when they feel the, uh, the, the onslaught of the enemy, this is too much. Fine, devil, fine. Let's meet halfway. Let's make a truce. I won't work that much harder, and you won't attack me that much harder. That's what, that, we don't say that, but that's what some Christians do. I just want peace. I don't want, I, I, forget it. I'm just not going to do anything in the church anymore. I'll still be saved. I ain't going to volunteer anymore. I ain't going to work anymore. I ain't going to do it. It's too hard, too difficult. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem, the enemy, and throw us into confusion. Everyone say this with me. But we prayed. That's inviting the grace of God. Because at that point, they couldn't do it by themselves. They could have deleted that part out. They could have said, but we looked at our arms, and we were strong enough. We looked at our six-packs, and we realized that we are really strong. And we've been lifting weights for such a time as this. Seriously. They could have been like, you know what? Aha, I knew this was coming. We've been working out for six months. Bring it on, baby. They said, we can't do it without your help, God. We can't finish this assignment without your help. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city. Now, now, now watch this. Two chapters later, two chapters later. Nehemiah chapter 6. I'm skipping a lot for time. Nehemiah chapter 6. There was a delay. Everybody say delay. An attempt for delay, Right? For, through, through accusation, accusations from the enemy. Let me pause and say this. One of the ways that the enemy attacks you when you have a God-given assignment is to accuse you that you're not worthy of that assignment. No, you're not smart enough. God shouldn't have called you. You don't have a degree. What are you doing there? He, this person is better at doing that than you. This, this person over there is qualified. You don't say it, but in your mind, you struggle with those thoughts. Oh, my God, this person, this person did it better than me. He's doing better, better. No, 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 no. This is yours. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, I'm going to shout. Look at chapter 6. Look at chapter 6 of Nehemiah, verse 15 and 16. i got to get on stage because I'm going to, if not, I'll go. <laughs> look, look, look what it says. Look what it says. Ready? Put it up there. Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 15 through 16 in the NLT. Well, I'm going to read it because it's not up there. Here it goes. So on October 2nd. The wall was finished. Everybody say finished. Everybody say finished. This is in the NLT. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 through 16 in NLT. So on October 2nd, we're almost coming to October 2nd. The wall was finished, watch this, just 52 days after we had begun. Listen to this. I'm going to share this, how a miracle that was. When our enemies... And the surrounding nations heard about it. You guys are going to shout with me. Listen, they were frightened and humiliated. The enemy was. Watch this. I want you to say this last sentence with me. One, two, three. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. (laughs) Who, Who realized it? Who realized it? The enemy. Can I say something profound? Sometimes the enemy knows the help of God more than the church knows the help of God. The enemy said, it is impossible for a wall that thick and that high to be repaired in 52 days. How many construction workers do we have here? How many people know anything about construction? Come on, come on, come on. I see Dave back there. Come on, I see you. There you go, my, my friend. He's like, real high if you work in construction, real high. If you know anything about construction, real high. Okay, watch this. Watch, watch this, guys. Watch. Everybody say grace. is an enabling power to finish the work that God has called me to do. 
Watch this. The wall was 2.5 miles. And I need some help. I need some help from you, from you construction people, okay? I'm not a construction worker, okay? 2.5 miles long in length, the miles. That's the wall. That's the wall. It's, t- it's taken I-4 construction workers years to just build a payment. A, a, a road. A road. And they have bobcat machines and all these technologies that they didn't have back then. Watch this. 2.5 miles long, watch this, and it was 40 feet high. 40 feet high. The wall, watch this. And the average thickness of the wall was over 8 feet long. 8 feet long, long. The thickness, watch this. They didn't have the bobcats. <laughs> they didn't have the construction, and it took 52 days. Construction workers, where you at? Is that possible? No. Eliel's like, hey, shit, baba, He's like, I'd get some money if I could do it that quick. <laughs> you know, you're a construction worker, right? Listen, it took Israel 52 days to complete a 2.5-mile-long wall, 40-foot high, all around, and they had to rebuild the gates. Oh, God. You know what the Bible says? They knew that it must have been the help of God. Church, you need to understand. What's the principle here? What's the principle here? They kept working. Watch this. They kept working. And with one hand, come on, come on, they had, they had a sword. <laughs> and on the other hand, they had that painting thing and that construction equipment. Why? 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 Because they understood that they could not stop the work of God while the enemy was attacking They said, okay, you could keep on attacking. Guys, have a sword in one hand, but keep building. Come on, give me that paint. Give me that paint. They, I, mean, I mean, give me that, that pavement. There you go. Boy, this is hard. Do you realize that they were on guard, but the Lord helped them? I said, the Lord helped them. Come on, say it with me. Look at this point. The Lord will give you the grace to complete what he's called you to do and for the assignment he's called you to do it for. Look at that. Come on. The Lord will give you the grace to complete what he's called you to do. Oh, come on, church. Some of you have an assignment from God. You need to invite the grace of God to help you complete the work. How, is the, how do you do that? Simply ask for help. Ask for wisdom, and he'll give it to you. I, I told you a story one time. I was here, and, and it was so, it's a funny story, but I was like, look, guys, look at all this. Look at all this. I said, God did this. I go, I'm not that smart. Someone over there said, amen, you know. I'm like, Just don't say it too quickly. I'm, I'm a little smart. But, guys, I am not that smart to inherit all this and do all of these things right. It was the grace of God. But watch this. God says, son. All I'm asking you to do is start the work. I'll help you finish it. I'm going to get the building for you. I'm going to bring Eliel and, and Lolita and this small family, and they're going to build this thing with you. I had no clue they're going to be knocking on my door and then doing all the stage and the walls last minute, and Eliel's like working 20 hours. But it got done. It got done. And little did I know that they would be part of our congregation and they helped build the church. You know what God's grace was for me? God's grace was, you did it, son. Now I'm going to introduce to you Eliel. 
<laughs> I'm like, who's this? And all of a sudden, he comes in and he, they help. Everybody say help. Come on, some of you have leadership positions in this church or somewhere in the church that you're shying away from because you feel that you can't do it. Well, first of all, you can't do it by yourself. But if you say yes, God will empower you. All he's waiting for you is to take that first step. Once you take that first step, boldness will come in, empowerment will come in, ideas will come in. But the enemy is always there by your ear to say, don't you start that thing. Because watch this, for the enemy, if you start, it's almost over. He's going to get you to either not start or stop halfway. 52 days it took to build the wall. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. God gives you grace to finish an assignment. Listen, Philippians 1, 6, then the NIV. I want you to say this with me. These are some of my favorite. Here's, here's a promise for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's read this together. I'm confident in this, come on, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to the completion into the day of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he will carry it to the completion, to the completion. I still don't know what God has in store for RCC, but I'm in it for the long haul. I'm here. I'm standing. I'm building. If you would have told me seven years ago you were going to start a church and you have a building in eight months of starting the church and you're going to have a thriving church, and you're going to think of how, I'm going to be like, thank you, but that's, that's just too much for, for me and that's too much for God. But look at God. I said, look at God. Everybody say this to me before we go to point number two. I need to invite God's grace. Listen, for the assignment that God has had for me. It was only through God's help that Nehemiah finished the wall. Because if he would have done it in his own strength, he would have failed. I'm sensing this from the Lord. What is, uh, what is it that you used to burn for from the Lord that you've kind of left in the closet for years? Maybe it's a gift of painting. And, and maybe you got so hurt and intimidated. Some church hurt you or some, uh, some uh, financial thing happened to you and you stopped. You used, to, you used to pick up a pen and write. I'm seeing this right now in the spirit. You used to pick up a pen and write and write and you stopped writing. Because the enemy's brought either accusation or shame on you. If he can't stop you by intimidating you, he'll stop you by trying to shame you. By bringing up your past. Praise God. The second thing that God's grace is releasing. Look at this next point. I feel the Holy Spirit. How many, how many feel the Lord today? Now this is going to seem simplistic, but I want you to hear me. The second purpose that the grace of God has released is God's grace is manifested in us being able to love God. Hear me now. Hear me now. You say, well, that's very simple. We don't, listen, listen. We don't have to love God. We get to love God. Do you know that that is grace by grace by grace? God could have been this. He could have been a righteous God, which he is, only. And he could have said, I am merciful. I see that humanity can't do it by himself. I am supreme. I know I am all powerful and they are weak. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to forgive them and I'm just going to require, and I'm going to forgive them of their sins. That's my goodness to them, but they can't love me back. They just have to do what I say. God not only wants you to love him, he enjoys you. 
He enjoys you. The fact that we get to love an uncreated, invisible God who created the universe that was never created. Think about that. That will hurt your brain. Think about how far back you could go. Okay, what happened before the universe? God was. What happened, what happened before the, you know, the celestial stars and all the other planets? God was there. But what happened before that? God was there. In our, in, our, in our finite mind, we can't comprehend that God was always there. That same God who created the universe allows you and I to love him with all of our hearts. He didn't have to do that. We get to love God. Listen, not only do we get to love God, but he puts the Holy Spirit in us with his love so we can love him back. He's like, I want you to love me so much, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit shut abroad in you, that the love of God should shut abroad in you so you can love God with the Holy Spirit's love. <laughs> look at Romans chapter 5 because you're looking at me like I have some cucumbers on my head. Look at, look at this. And, and, and the, I mean, some of you guys are like, I don't really know what he's talking about there. Watch this. Romans chapter 5 verse 5, NLT. Watch this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. The Holy Spirit puts love, his love, so we can love God back. That's God's grace. Do you know that we take our ability to love God for granted? Do you know that there is a grace given to humanity to love God? We, we could just have to obey him, and that would be good enough for most other gods. He goes, no, I want to give them a choice to love me. Listen to this, guys. This, 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 I was going through this the other day, and I got more revelation every time I, I, I saw it. I was looking at John chapter 21. We're not going to turn there, all right? John chapter 21, this is when Jesus resurrected. And now Peter's saying, you know, boys, I'm going back fishing. Which, by the way, that's a whole prophetic thing. Every time you feel disappointed and the work of God is stopped, you always go back to your old ways. Hear me now. He was a fisherman before God called him. He was a fisherman. Then he said, I'm going to make you a fisherman. He goes, I'm going back to fishing. I'm going back to what I used to do. Going back to the, we're all adults. Going back to the strip clubs. We're going back to the partying. Going back to the, to the, to the clubbing. I'm going back all to that because, you know what? I tried the church and... It wasn't really good for me. I had, I had more attacks when I was a Christian than I was in the world. And, and, and watch this. So, so at the end, Jesus is resurrected. Remember, Peter had denied, denied Jesus three times. One of his closest disciples. Now, zoom in on me. This is key. This is key. This is grace. Somebody say, this is grace. He turned to Peter as Peter's coming, and he's probably ashamed. And he goes, Peter, watch this. Do you love me? Now, I know you know the story, but you, know, you don't know where I'm going. Do you love me? And Peter says, you, you, you know that I love you. Okay? Peter, he then says, feed, my, feed my, my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, yes, you love, I love you. Feed my lambs. Now, watch this. If you look at the Greek, if you look at the English, you only think love. But you know what Jesus was saying in the Greek? Right, watch this. Jesus was saying, and I looked each word up yesterday so I could prove it to you. In the Greek, he said, do you agape me? In other words, that word love, he said agape is actually the word agape, which is unconditional love that no strings attached. I'll do anything for love. He said, do you unconditionally, no strings attached, love me? If I never do anything for you, that's agape for you. Do you, do you love me that way? Peter goes, you know that I phileo you, phileo you. 
Now, we he read it in the English language, and we just think, it's, yeah, you know that I love you. He, he couldn't even compare. He knew what Jesus was asking from him, and he could not give it to him. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He goes, I can't agape you, but I can phileo you. And you know what phileo means? It's a friendship love. It's a friendship love that says, look, I, I got your back. You're my boy. You're my friend. You're my homie. But you know what? You know, if bullets start flying, I got to say myself. It's, there's strings attached to that kind of love. See, I could preach a whole sermon on that. What kind of love are you getting God? Are you getting God if I love you because you bless me or I love you even if you don't give me anything because you already did it at the cross? So watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You know I phileo you, right? So some people think that, that Jesus was, um, was kind of like hard of hearing because he said it three times. No, it's because he was trying to see where he was at. Watch this. He said it again. Peter, do you, uh, do you agape me? Second time. Peter goes, you know that I phileo you. Watch this. This is key. Watch this. Jesus goes, look it up in the Greek. Third time. Peter, do you phileo me? He went from, I know you can't agape me yet, but I'll take your phileo love. <laughs> you, you, you can't, you're not there yet, but do you phileo me? He goes, I phileo you. He never said, I agape you. And God goes, okay, I'll work with you in that. God takes weak phileo love and says, I'm okay with that. You can love me with that from now on until you mature because I enjoy you even in your weakness. He says, I phileo you. I phileo you, Lord. That's all I can give you. That's all I can give you right now. Jesus goes, I'll take phileo then. God, forgive me, but that's just. He could have said, if you don't agape me, you have nothing to do with me. He knew his condition. He was weak. He goes, I'll take that love. I'll take your weak love. Because I enjoy when you love me even in your weakness. That is grace. We don't deserve that kind of God. There's a grace given for each and every one of us to love God in our imperfections. I want to encourage you. Do not stop loving God because you're weak or you just fell yesterday. Keep loving on God. Keep giving him that love. Keep loving him in your weakness, in your dirtiness, in your stain. Listen, I said it before, but you go into the shower to wash yourself. You don't wash yourself before you go to the shower. The shower is there to wash you. No one goes into the shower saying, I'm not going to go in the shower because I'm too dirty. No, you run to the shower because you're dirty. If you're dirty, run to the shower. In the love of God. Listen, and still love God. One of the greatest attacks of the enemy. Remember when he tried to stop the wall? He will try to stop you loving God. Hear me, I feel the Holy Spirit. He will try to stop you to get to lift up your hands because he will whisper in your heart all the things that you did yesterday and how you talked to them and what you saw on TV and the compromises that you did. And here you are at church trying to love God and the enemy is saying, don't you dare lift up your hands before God. Don't you dare lift up your voice before God. You're not worthy. And you say, I'm, I don't have to give phileo, but I could give right now what I got. I could give my weak yes to God and God will accept that weak love. This is going to set some of you free. He's not looking for perfect love. He's looking for any type of love that you have in your heart that says, I am reaching out to you.
that's grace. I said, that's grace. The grace of God manifests itself in us loving God. And lastly, we're going to have the worship team come up in just a little bit. Lastly, third way that God's grace is manifested is God's grace is manifest in God loving us. The second, the second grace that's released is our ability to love God. That weak ability, that weak love, that's grace. But that final grace that's released to us is God's ability to love us. Now listen to this, church. This is going to set you free. God doesn't have to love us, right? He chooses to love us. He enjoys to love us, right? Now watch this. Each person in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, please hear me, hear me now. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit love each other flawlessly. They love each other flawlessly. Watch this. But God's grace is expressed to us in this. God loves us, the redeemed, with the same intensity that the Trinity love each other flawlessly. Guys, if that is the highest form of grace that I know, undeserved, unmerited, do you know that the Father intensely and flawlessly and the most purest form of love loves a son with pure beams of love that cannot be compromised and is perfect and, and loves with enthusiasm and joy and there is no worldly expression of words to describe how much the Father loves Jesus and then Jesus is the same beam of energy and light, that pure flawless Love going back and forth. Holy Spirit, boom, loving Jesus. Jesus, I'm the Holy Spirit. God loving God. God loving God. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you about grace is that God loves you the same intensity that God loves God. Now, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The same intensity? Not less intensity? The same, come on, that's blasphemous, Pastor George. I'm talking about grace this morning, so that I'm going to open up your eyes to realize how you're worth, what your worth truly is. Because God could have just forgave us. He didn't have to love us. He could have said, you do my bidding. You do, I'm God, you're not. You're way below me. You just do what I do, and I will bless you. And that's it. I will keep blessing you. You just keep doing what I do. He goes, no, no, no. I really love, I, I, not, I, not only do I love them. Watch this. I love them with the same force and intensity that I love Jesus. Oh my God. I love them with the same force that the Jesus loves me. That incomparable, inseparable, pure, flawless love. I love my people that way. Church, what did we do? What did we do to deserve that kind of love? We take grace for granted. The fact that God can love you and is moved by you and cries for you. The fact that God desires to be with you. He doesn't need anything. But he's praying to the Father. He's praying in John chapter 17. And he could have prayed about anything. He's God Almighty, the creator of the universe. And he's sweating and he's praying. And he's saying in John chapter 17, verse 22, verse 24. It's up there on the screen. Ah, he's praying to the Father. I have given them the disciples glory. And he's also talking about those who will later follow him. Like us. 
I have given them glory. I've given them uh, your glory so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity. Watch this. That the world will know. He's talking about believers now. That you sent me and that you love me. Sorry. And that you love them as much as you love me. Pause. There's a revelation there. For the first time in history, we see that Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's praying something that he already knows. He's saying, let them know that you love them as much as you love me. That was a revelation Jesus already knew, but humanity didn't know it until that prayer. Until that prayer, he's like, now let them know the same intensity that we love each other. Let them know that's the same intensity. We are going to love them. And Jesus makes it personal. He goes, not only does a father love you like I love, more like he loves me, I love you like the father loves me. In John 15, I want the worship team to get up there, please. In John 15, the Bible says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Church, I want you to please zoom in at me. Do not get, do not get distracted. I'm about to close. This kind of grace is the kind of grace that you need to not take for granted anymore. This kind of grace that you, listen, that you're able to complete a God-given assignment by the grace of God, inviting God's help, God's empowerment, his grace, okay? If you invite his grace, he will cause you to finish what you started. It could be a restorative work. It doesn't maybe have to be a work. It could be a restore, restoration of marriage. And you're in, in that middle of that restoration and you think it's going to be impossible. Keep allowing the Holy Spirit to work. Don't give up. Watch this. Number two, the fact that we can love God, phileo love. That we could phileo love God. Like I just said. And God says, I'll take you phileo love. That's grace. And number three. The fact that God loves us and says, watch this, I want to be with them where they are. I want them to be with me. And I want them to know that you love them as much as you love me. What do we do to deserve flawless, uninterrupted love like that? Do you know that God's love for each other is uninterrupted? And watch this. Here's a cool, cool thing. Watch this. The love that the Trinity have for each other is not only inter- interrupted, it, they never get bored with each other. Jesus never says, man, today again, Father? I'm okay. Abba, Father. He goes, oh, my God. Bam, pure love. Bam, receiving pure love. Holy Spirit, bam, 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 bam. Watch this, bam. Bam. That's what he's doing. What do we do to deserve that, church? The ultimate statement of our worth is that Jesus has the same measure of affection towards us that the Father does towards us. That's our greatest value. That's a phenomenon. I said, that's a phenomenon. Church, every other religion has to prove themselves. Every other religion doesn't get to love their God back. Every other religion doesn't have the pure force of love saying, I love you in your weakness as always. Do or you die. The difference between other religions and Christianity is this. Other religions you have to do, do, do to get accepted. Jesus said, done, done, done. 
Every other religion is fear-based, reverence-based only, not love-based. We get to cry. We get to say, God, you're so good. We get to say that. God, I feel your presence. And while we're saying, God, I love you, he's going, oh, I love you so much. That exchange, that exchange. We will never, ever exhaust the love of God for us. It's undeserved, and it's grace. We will never, but I messed up yesterday. You will never be able to exhaust the love of God, sir. But I purposely did it. You will never be able to exhaust the love of God. I love what Judah Smith said. He said, we're not called to get everybody to love God. We just know that no matter what they say, God is still madly in love with you. Well, I don't love God. doesn't matter. God is madly in love with you. I, I believe he's a, a, a myth and he's a pie in the sky. It doesn't matter. God intensely loves you. What did you do to, do, to deserve that flawless, pure, white, hot love? Nothing. Nothing. Yet he chose to do it. I'm going to end with some of my favorite scriptures because this is kind of a family talk today. So you're gonna, I'm just gonna end with two famous scriptures that happen to be my favorite, and then we're gonna we're gonna worship. We're gonna invite God's grace for your assignment. Say my assignment. Say my assignment. Say my assignment is gonna be finished by the grace of God. Say I get to love God. I get to love God, and God gets to love me. It's a choice that God made. God made a choice in eternity past and said. I want to have feelings for them. They're going to let you down, Father. They're going to let you down. I want to have desires for them. You understand what you're getting to, Lord? They're going to let you down every day. Yeah. But I want to put myself that I want to have, I want to have feelings for them. I want to long for them. That, that means you're going to get hurt when they turn their back on you. Yes, I know that. But I want, I want to love them. That's grace. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 37 in Romans 8. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, I'm persuaded, I'm persuaded, nor the things present, nor things to come. I'm persuaded that neither height nor death, I'm persuaded that not even a created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Grace to love God, grace for God to love us is undeserved. And lastly, Ephesians 3, verse 17, my favorite, one of my favorites, apostolic prayer. Paul said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, not in duty, in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, come on, say it with me, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ is linked to knowing the love of Christ. He said, when you know the love of Christ, 
you will be filled with the fullness of God. Lift your hands. God, we love you. We love you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Come on, lift up your hands right now to me, to the Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Come on, sing that with me. Come on, he's beautiful. We get to love God. Come on, you get to love God this morning. today. Come on, lift up your hands. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Oh, Lord, beautiful. Your face is all I see. And church, I want you to stand up to your feet. Come on. Come on. I want you to worship just for a second. Come on. This is God's grace right now being released. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.